today's reading is Exodus 16, verses 2 to 15. It can be found on your screen. This is God's word. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Our God of grace, as we listen for your voice as a community, not just as individuals, but as a community, may we be willing to address our own imperfection as a church and as individuals. Would you help us not to be afraid to um, see ourselves in parallel with these grumblers in the desert. They've just been brought through a body of water that piled up on both sides and then immediately doubted and complained that their God could just simply give them food to nourish them. May we be willing to see that we're all more of a mess than we care to admit so that our hearts would be open for the gospel. The gospel that says we're more loved and accepted in Jesus than we ever imagined. Help us not to run away from our mess, but to allow it to be a doorway to redemption, to grace, to being made whole again. Because of how Jesus moved towards the mess and took the place for us that we deserve so that we could have his place before God that we don't deserve. Whether that's new to us on this call today or whether that's something we're trying to process for the one millionth time, join us and may your Holy Spirit make your gospel come alive in our church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Well, in 2014, the Holland family hit the road. And it was a 15 week off from church where our tiny little house got added onto and we had to hit the road because the contractors had to finish the job and we went to some really cool places. We ended up at Bryce Canyon National Park. And we decided to do the Navajo Loop Trail. And, you know, a little bit of hemming and hawing, indecisiveness, or should we go, should we not, but we did it. And then it wasn't long before it became a bit of a grumbling journey. Saw that word grumbling in our reading this morning from the Israelites. Well, there was grumbling in the tribe of Hollands in the desert of Bryce Canyon National Park. It was hot. It was, it was, you know, we were thirsty. Children wanted to be held more than the parents were willing to hold them. And then we got around kind of the tip of the loop and we started heading back and it did, it started to get a little better. Things started to feel better and turn up and especially at the final spot where you could see the end of the trail I don't know, 100 feet up or something like that, a couple hundred, but you had to traverse these switchbacks, this, this zigzag trail to go up. And although that was physically the most difficult part of the trail, it didn't feel that way. It felt like the most invigorating, the easiest, because, you know, there was the finish line right there. And the kids even who two minutes earlier were complaining were suddenly full of pep in their step and they were bounding up like mountain goats up the, the little trail. Well, today, I only have a few slides here today. Today, we talk about Jesus in the desert as we look at the story of manna in the desert. It may seem strange that I'm saying Jesus in the desert because Jesus, you might not think, was in the story. But as Christians, as we look at this passage, we can't help but see Jesus through and through. And next week, when we look at the next story in Exodus, we'll say Jesus in the desert part two. Because what's going on here is a very important spiritual theme. Very important spiritual theme in the Bible. In Deuteronomy 8, this story is summarized. Look at how it's interesting how it's summarized. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God, mouth of the Lord. That's how this story is interpreted. Jesus follows into that interpretation when he's in the desert for 40 days. And when he's tempted with the tempter's bread, he quotes, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And then Jesus says at another place, he refers to the manna story. And he's teaching about it. And then he comes to this line. I am the bread of life. And then Christians, in our weekly practice of communion, we look to these words that Jesus spoke when he said, when he took the bread and he said, take and eat, this is my body. This is an important spiritual theme in the Bible, this bread. Um, let's see if I can unshare, there we go, okay. 
Jesus in the desert, our deserts, our wilderness. Wilderness times are trials and they are unique times. We are now together in a collective wilderness in 2020 as a church. And the stress piles up and I got some really good windows into various people's stress this week, various people's trials and the way your wilderness is feeling right now. And that stress reveals things about who we are and about our spiritual condition and about our spiritual maturity or, or lack thereof sometimes. Is it revealing for you some kind of panic? You know, the panic buying. Stock up, put that toilet paper on the shelf and then go get another one when you find it and load it up. Well, guess what? The Israelites were doing the same thing with manna. And if you read this story in more of the details, some of them said, no, I don't think I'll trust God with my daily manna. I'll go collect more for the next few days. And then it didn't go well for them. Or are you turning towards your preferred slave drivers amidst the pandemic, amidst the stress, or your idols? Someone said to me this week, I just, with all of this going on, I just want to run to my idols. Wow, that is a raw, true statement. I said, ditto. Yes, I hear you. The Israelites were doing the same thing. They said, this is the famous way this has been talked about over the decades and centuries is they, they pined away for the flesh pots of Egypt. <laughs> they wanted to go back to their slave drivers rather than trust God one day at a time with God giving them their bread and taking care of them. So how are you handling the wilderness journey that you're on and your desert? What is it revealing? Um, is it maybe leading towards the trust and obedience and living on God's word alone? That's where this story drives us to. And as a church, you know, you, I showed you that picture of my family's feet after the Navajo Loop Trail. What a memory for us that picture tells. Well, what's the picture that City Life Church will look back on uh, of this time? What will be the memory? What are we creating through this time? And does it have anything to do with obedience and trust and getting nourished by the word of God? The, the Bible will eventually reveal a much bigger plan that God was up to through this story and that plan will continue and it it wouldn't involve that we stop getting tested by the deserts but the the passing of the tests would become something that we would get a new picture of that god had this plan that the desert wilderness tests would not essentially end up being passed by us the obedience test would eventually be passed by god's son who would re-enter into the desert wandering and reenact the journey of the israelites when he went for 40 days in the desert and when he was tempted he passed the test of temptation he trusted the father's provision rather than to go for that bread that loaf of bread magically appearing before him. And of course, if you're paying close attention to what's really being said about Jesus when he passes the desert test on our behalf, is that 
it actually was pointing towards where his journey was going and who he was. He was the passer of the test on our behalf at large. His journey at large becomes going to the cross on our behalf, passing the test of entering into suffering in a way that we might be invited to enter into suffering in our wildernesses, but we can never go so faithfully as Jesus did. We need a savior. We need someone to go ahead of us. And this is the gospel. And since Jesus passed the full obedience test, and since he ends up putting our name on top of his transcript, we don't walk our deserts with fear and doubt. And like our resume is always in question with God, wondering how God will grade us. That's a common way to feel as you enter into church or you think about faith or you enter into prayer. God wants us as Christians to let the wilderness turn us towards being nourished. And that's a nourishment that if it's a proper nourishment, it's being nourished by his food of grace. Oftentimes our deserts just clue us in. They help us, whether it's the pandemic or something else, they, they, they bring about a sense of our malnourishment. And that's, we need to see that accurately. We need to feel how malnourished we are. And where we're seeing signs of that. Are you seeing signs of that? I am in my life. Is God pressing you into obedience during this time, but not the oppressive weight of proving yourself anymore, but the gracious call to be nourished by the bread of heaven. I'm ending with these kinds of questions and I have a few more to end with as well. Let's just take these questions in and then we'll have a tiny bit of silence. Maybe you land on one of these questions and um, this will be our way that we, we seek. If I can find it, if I can do this correctly, then um, we, we sit with these questions. We ask ourselves, what is God leading us to consider? Can I admit I've been waiting, I've been wanting the affirmation and privileges of being called a child of God, but want to live like I belong in another family? What prior desert in my life would help me understand how to get through the one I'm in right now? Have I ever attempted to make the word of God my daily bread that feeds my outlook, my imagination, and the path I take in my life? Have I considered the evidence that I'm always going to reflect faithlessness and that if I'm going to be good with God, it's going to have to be by grace. Or God, I grumbled and prayed, but now I have to decide, will I acknowledge that what is before me is actually your answer? <laughs> or I've assumed Christianity is a pass-fail test or a book of rules. Will I have the courage to accept it as a story of a gracious God? Can I view the desert I'm in as a place to trust God? where God will feed us 
or a place where I'll be stretched. What is my daily bread, really? Are my actions financially more reflective of wilderness panic or abiding trust of a settled heart? Take a moment to consider these questions. Heavenly God, you brought bread from heaven. And may we, may we learn from that bread and be nourished through that bread. May we learn that, that you have done all that matters to repair the relationship between us and you. May we be nourished by mercy and grace and forgiveness. May we, may we be nourished by every day being restored to your presence as mostly faithless people. May we be nourished by grace. In Jesus' name, amen.